In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Brendan Moskwa about looking beyond your e-commerce platform. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 23. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the podcast that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulaski. I talk today with Brendan Moskwa. Brendan is the founder of Nademo. Nademo is a development um, agency that helps e-commerce retailers uh, specialize in, specializes in integrations with different platforms. Um, I know they do a lot of Magento work, and they focus a lot on improving customer experiences, workflows, um, and things like that. And they do that a lot with integrations. Um, so I want to bring Ben around the show to kind of talk about how to use integrations to kind of enhance customer experience and that sort of thing. So, hey, Brendan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, Charles. Yeah, it's good chatting with you. So I want to kind of bring you on. I know you guys specialize in kind of integrations and how that fits into the platform itself um, and kind of what you can do of moving beyond just the platform and enhancing that using integrations. Um, so I want to kind of chat with you a bit about that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that'd be, I think that would be a fun show. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you mentioned there, too, is in improving the customer experience and that's really what we like to focus on. I mean, like we like what we try and do is basically we uh, really see ourselves as the accelerator for growth, uh, but we use a technology for that. So basically, we accelerate business growth in e-commerce world uh, through technology. But we also like to try and uh, blend it uh, with ensuring a customer expectations and customer experiences is a positive one. Hmm. Um, because, I mean, it's one thing to use technology. Um, that's great. I mean, you need to. I mean, e-commerce is exactly that. It's, it's tech, technology-based. Um, but the part of it that gets lost a lot of the time is the customer, uh, customer experience as a whole. And I mean, you have to make sure that you're focusing on your customer's experience. Um, and what we've found is that there's a lot of ways that you can use, especially that's what I love about the e-commerce world, uh, is you can use technology directly to assist in that hmm. um, on so many levels and uh, specifically with integrations. And so, you know, the first question I always get is, well, what platform should I be on? Should I be on Shopify, Magento? People love asking that. Or- yeah, you, you see that every time. People love uh talking about the initial platform, which is very interesting. So I'm sure you have an opinion there. Yeah. Well, I, I have many opinions there, <laughs> but basically to me it comes down to what's the right fit for you and your company. Yep. Um, I mean, if you're, I mean, it does really comes down to that. And it really is such a unique fit that it's not a blanket answer I can give anyone. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I've, seen that question come up in the Quora forum, the yep. Quora questions, whatever you want to call that, and everything so often that I I often wonder, you know, how could I answer this? And and I don't know, I end up not answering those questions for people unless it's like a specific call one-on-one because, I mean, you could use, I mean, a general, a start, person starting out could use a Shopify store or they could use a Magento store, and it really all depends on what your overall goals are. Yep. as a business um, is really the way I see it. And and 
it, it also depends on how big you are or plan to become and, and the speed at which you, you're going to be accelerating your growth and all of these. Like, there's so many variables to that that there isn't one specific answer. Yeah, and there's also um, the level of customization, right, and kind of how big well, your team is. that's the biggest thing. Yep. And that's exactly why, I mean, you did mention that we do a lot with Magento. Yep. And the reason for that is actually the fact that we can do a lot of customization work yep. there. Um, and so when you do get into a lot of the customization and, and the integrations perspective of things that we that you mentioned there too, um, there's so much you can do um, to outside of your old standard retail outlet, right? People come into your store and you you know now they're starting to track where people walk and look at and all these types of things. Well, the nice thing about e-commerce is you can do that um, right away. Yep. I mean you can. You can figure out where people are going in your store and where the transactions are coming from, um, not just not just based on the products that are selling, but based on the the routes that they're taking and all of this data that's available to you uh, when when you get on when you look at that data. And it's the nice thing now is it's to a point where where there's um, companies out there that are they make it very easy to read. So you're not you're not having to spend hours upon hours or hiring somebody just to break down the data and the 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 raw log files, for example. Now there's you know there's specific widgets you can simply add to your site that integrate, and then you're able to track and follow exactly what people are doing. Uh, in fact, now you're talking from like a Google are, Analytics type of platform, like type of stuff, or is this some other level of like reporting? Well, there, it's, there's a lot of options that are similar to analytics. Analytics, I think Google Analytics is an important piece to have um, on every site because it does give you a snapshot of what's going on. Um, and you can, you can obviously increase your conversions if you know roughly what's happening. Um, but there's also other options out there where you can literally watch, watch the customer's journey. And yep. you can see, and it records if they're having a, you know, they're, people can call in the industry call rage clicking or or anger clicking or whatever and they're just clicking on something because they think you're supposed to click there to watch a video or something and you don't even realize that because uh, i've had a site before where there was a something that must have looked like a button and after using some software like that um we found out that i didn't think it was a button you know when we built it we didn't think it was a button but apparently everyone thought it was a button and people were going clicking on this you know section of the site expecting it to do something um, and after using that, we realized, oh, we could just make that, you know, clickable. We need to make it go somewhere. And we actually tried to figure out what are people like trying to do when they click on this. It was like, it must have been an image, but something made it look like it was clickable. Um, so we had to actually make that clickable and hyperlink it out somewhere. Um, and yeah, we learned it by using something like that. So exactly what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, there's all kinds of solutions out there that allow you to recognize that sort of thing. And and one of the things, I mean, the people, you're in your day-to-day grind, right? And you don't realize, I mean, it's. I think I heard it yesterday on one of my podcasts that I did um, with the fellow, and he had said something along the lines of, um, you can't read the label when you're in the bottle. Yep. And it's kind of that same premise, right, where you you don't see these things because you designed them or you were involved in that development portion of things. And, and so you don't recognize these things that the technology can find real quick. Um, and I mean, 
And especially nowadays with, with machine learning and artificial intelligence becoming such a, uh, well, they're almost buzzwords, unfortunately, but yeah. when they're done right yeah. and they're actually used um, the right way, you can collect a lot of data and then actually get it to spit out valid information for you. Um, so that it can help direct you and help save the overall time and effort that's needed in in sifting through all of this information. Because I mean, so you're it using... may not seem like a lot of info. I mean, you might have a small, you might just have a smaller site, and you may not need that level of of detail. Um, but if you're running a site that's doing, you know, a, thousands of thousands of transactions. I mean, there's sites that do thousands of transactions in a, in a minute, but we're not, I'm not going to go there. Um, but when you get data, the, the amount of data you're getting just can go, can exponentially increase very quickly. And so yep. it's nice to have solutions like this. And the thing I love about them is they're, they can be implemented very cost-effectively so, and scaled, right, like we yeah. were just talking about. Are these, hosted, are these hosted on your site, or what are some what are some examples of uh, software like this that now nowadays? Well, well, there's a company called Full Story. Yep. Um, that's one that does actual video recordings of the of the customer on your site. Um, obviously, just so people don't freak out, it's not like they're recording through the per- customer's camera and watching <laughs> the customer. They're they're following the the click, yep. right? So they're following the mouse and where the mouse is clicking, and that's when they they record what are called the rage clicks. Yep. Um, and then there's also there's all kinds of companies out there that do what are called it's called personalization, uh, which is they're collecting the data to help you create a personal journey for customers. Now, you start to get pretty in-depth when they start to try and do some of those types of things, um, and it can get start to get costly. But the nice thing, like I said, is a lot of these solutions are SaaS-based, so you, there's different levels of, of, of um Pricing that kind services. of skills up, yeah, pricing that kind of skills up with growth, it sounds like. Exactly, and... Uh, and I'm never, I'm not always a fan of that type of solution because it can, you know, it allows you to get my kind of thinking with SaaS solutions. Really, to be honest with you, is twofold. Is one, um, it's a nice way for for the the smaller stores to get into the market yep. uh, and and be able to play with the big boys. Um, and then, to be honest with you, depending on your budget, I mean, in some cases, some of those SaaS solutions can be custom-built for you for a fairly fairly low cost as well. Yep. Uh, it all really depends on what it is you're doing, right? And that's really the um, case. It really it depends. Um, yeah. I kind of found that as well. So then what is, So then things like full story, that's something you're basically dropping like a little widget on your site, and that's how they're tracking it. Um, but something like the customization, what's an example of that? Are we talking somebody comes from, you know... Um, a certain region, and we lo- and they localize the language, or is it something a different level than that? Uh, well, I guess when I'm talking about personalization, I'm talking more about um, there can be a lot of different perspectives to that. So, for example, let me just give you an example yeah. more than anything. Um, paint a picture. So, someone comes to your site, and they've um, and you've got, for example, maybe you have. Facebook snippets or or um, Twitter's uh, code P 
pieces on your site so that it can recognize who this person is already um, and or maybe they've they've got an account with you because they're a returning customer. Um, either way, there's some way of identifying who this person is. And, and then you, what you can do from there is you can can essentially create an entire journey for them. So let's just use a modern-day example that I run into all the time. Um, Let's say that you sell clothes um, or or something of, you know, that sort of nature, and and you go onto the site and and it recognizes your geo-mapping. It says, okay, this person is in this area. Oh, guess what? There's storms predicted to be coming, a big snowstorm coming next week. Uh, so what you're going to do is you're going to put your your system automatically puts uh, winter attire or rain gear or or you have the reverse it's going to have a hot spell so it puts you know uh, sandals or or shorts or whatever it is that you specialize mm. in there. Yep, um, that's a fairly it's becoming more commonplace that example. Uh, believe it or not, and it, that is something that can be done with with simple API level solutions. Yeah, is that something that's running uh, on the site, or is that something that's just um, is that like a JavaScript widget that goes on the site and then pulls them from pages, or is that something that actually runs inside well, like a Magento core, for example? It would be. It would probably be a little bit of both. Okay. Um, you're probably going to tie in with an API into into certain uh, solution providers who are providing you with with access to, for example, access to the weather information. Yep. Um, and then you're going to, we would have something custom coded, for example, where it's going to then say, okay, uh, this weather means we're going to put this type of product in front of that person. Hmm. Um, it, and that's just a, I mean, that's really a relatively easy example because, uh, you know, I didn't want to get it overly complex, but. Yeah, it's something that's going to go, you go it, very extreme with, right? Well, you can. I mean, you can get right down to a specific user, and you know that that person likes red, um, and they like a specific type of sunglasses because it actually does. With with machine learning, you can actually go out there if the if you know who this person is and you know their Instagram account, and all of a sudden you're looking at their Instagram, you see them with a picture of a certain type of sunglasses all the time, and and the system recognizes those sunglasses and says, okay, well, here's an example. Here's some sunglasses you should be looking at getting for this upcoming heat wave. I mean, you can get right in. Oh, guess what? They're black because we know you like the color black for your sunglasses. Um, or they're pink because you just love the pink sunglasses for some for some reason. But, you know, the, the level of machine learning and, and artificial intelligence that's available can, can, can do that type of thing now. Yeah, that um, sounds, it, it sounds like some of these tools... Now that they're actually, um, you know, like in the SaaS model, even small retailers can actually kind of leverage them without having to spend a fortune to implement them, um, kind of get them going. What are some actual? You can. I mean, who are some folks actually doing this now? What are some examples of companies doing this um, personalization, or at least think people that you think do it well? Um, well, I know Kahart uh, does that. Yep. They do it with the weather for sure. Um, and I believe they're starting to introduce colors and that sort of thing, uh, color selections. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> there's a big, there's a fairly large uh, fashion company, um, luxury fashion company 
in Europe that's doing it. I just unfortunately the name of the company is not. Um, I think it's Ukes. Interesting. Like I can't remember their name now. To be honest with you. Do you know any um, tools you'd recommend no, that kind of do this well? Or well, yeah, actually I would. Hmm. Um, but for what we're talking about specifically there, uh, when we do these integrations for for some of our clients, which. Quite honestly, we wouldn't probably do it quite to the level that we talked about. I mean, we would and we have, um, but it all depends on the size of your company. Yep. That said, um, there's a one of the solutions that's little known, um, believe it or not, it's IBM. Um, oh. They've got a thing called IBM Bluemix, which is essentially all of their their APIs, which tie into the different um, machine learning tools. Hmm. Um, there's also one, um, a newer company that's that's using um, that's using some of the uh, personalized um, like sentiments. They basically their company is actually called Sentiment.io, okay. and it's Sentiment with a C. Um, they're a little bit outside of the norm of in regards to SaaS solutions for your website. They do more SaaS, uh, SaaS solutions for uh, monitoring and uh, monitoring your social, uh, social listening and that sort of thing. Um, but I do do some work with them in regards to, you know, to building some custom solutions and that sort of thing. So that's where you get into the more custom features. But they really work with, um, with some of the personalization. I mean, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? personality insights and yep. um, and actual sentiments like they do a lot with neuro uh, mm-hmm. they've done some neuro mapping where they actually mapped the brain and they've put that into their machine learning tools and, and use a lot of the uh, personality profiling tool uh, through IBM actually and they've Essentially, they're able to identify like 51 different um, different feelings. So instead of your typical listening tools where you go, uh, yes, it's positive, negative, or neutral, they can say it's positive and it's, this person is feeling 50% love and 41% um, trust and that type of thing. How do they know that? Yeah. How do they know I'm feeling love and trust um, from my browser? Like, how does that actually come across? Well, you're probably talking to the wrong person okay. in that regard. <laughs> now, that said, I can still answer it somewhat on okay. a higher level. Um, so they're, so they're not using my camera. They're not looking at me. So they, they know no, somehow. No, no. <laughs> so what they're doing is, uh, from my understanding, and you probably want to talk to sentiment themselves, but yep. uh, they've done what I said, the neural mapping. So they can, based on different words, basically, it's doing a lot okay. of word tagging. Hmm. So, for example, let's say... Um, for example, what it does is it looks out there, and if you go and you type in a, uh, a keyword into this tool, uh, it'll look over over a hundred different social platforms and those types of things, and it says, okay, you know, the word love is coming up, or not love, but certain words that have been neural mapped to the brain as as lighting up certain sections in the brain. Uh, that are feelings. Mm, okay. uh, so it's done a lot of that, as well as tying into a lot of the personality profiling that 
um, IBM has been specializing and working in with regards to just using a lot of big data that's available. Um, they also tied in, they did some work with um, Sprint so that they could work with, a, I think it was 100,000 different people, users there, um, to help them pull all this big data together to identify these types of things. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really based on word, the types of words. Yeah, like words like repair effects. You could see, you know, if I'm looking to repair something, that's almost like a negative. Um, you're coming from kind of a unhappy place. Um, yeah. Versus probably some other words exactly. like that you're searching for. Yeah, that would be a little more, even just the word buy. Um, you're probably a little more excited to buy something than if, if you're searching, you know, buy an iPhone versus repair a self, repair an iPhone. Um, I'm probably a lot more excited when I'm talking buy iPhone than repair iPhone. It's probably not in a great mood yeah. at that point, so... You'd see some things well, like that. One of the good examples that one of like a perfect example is if, for example, um, you're an not an agency, but let's say you're a big e-commerce company, and so you just have this social listening tool sentiment um, on running, and you put in, you type in, you know, your company's brand name, right? It's going to give you an oh, overall yep. feel of what people are saying and thinking out there, and. Really, when you look at the tool, it's quite amazing because uh, I saw a demo on it and I was just quite shocked because it's like all of this red, right? So you go to the red and you hover over it and, and it's telling you, okay, these people, you know, different words that are coming out and different feelings and stuff that are being the overall sentiment that's being uh, generated. Okay. So, and then so listening on like minutes, social networks. Yeah, and within okay. five minutes you're able to tell that, okay, these people are all very... Uh, very mad yep. about something that's happened. Um, and so, I mean, that's going to go as far as social listening. And now where I tie that back into e-commerce is if you're an e-commerce company and you're monitoring your, your competition, for example, yep. um, you're able to take advantage of that very quickly. Mm. Um, and if it's you, your company, all of a sudden you might find out that you're one of your specific sale you were having and that page is broken yep. or you know i'm just not necessarily the best example but people might get mad and there's this negative feeling out there and it tells you beyond the negative you know what i'm saying and so yeah you can kind of picture really certain dial into that even certain products at certain times kind of have this um either in the positive or negative but a certain excitement about them um like in the summer obviously there's going to be like doors type stuff that sort of thing um, you picture even mm -hmm. firearms, sometimes there's going to be certain people more excited versus less excited about them. And depending on what products you're selling, you might be able to kind of use that to your advantage and seeing what groups are talking about what at what time or even just what the hot products are. Um, well, you know, exactly. Yeah, the seasons are changing. What are people actually excited about this summer versus, um, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe take those products and realize, oh, everyone wants to go, you know, kayaking. It's the summer and you're an outdoors um, retailer put that stuff front and center versus maybe the other products kind of hide those a little more behind and make them a little less obvious to the to the user yeah well and that's exactly right and when you're able to tie into these types of things i mean some of those are plug and play options the one we just i mean when i say plug and play you know i'm talking about you just easily put a little code snippet on your site and dial into a SaaS solution that's already out there. Yeah. Um, then there's, you know, what we talked about with Sentiment.io, some of what we talked about is SaaS 
cap- the SaaS capabilities that are there. When you want to really pull that into your site, like you just mentioned there, with with it's going to you know uh, serve up specific products based on an overall sentiment that might be out there. Like you said, oh, it's there's a big you know positive vibe right now behind canoeing or something like yep. that or kayaking. Okay, well, let's get those items pushed on our site right now and and hey social team get out there and do this um, that's a little bit more customization and that type of thing but that's the fun thing that's what i love about our my job and what we do is we really work with a broad range of people who either want to get to that someday you know may not be anywhere near it right now but you know want to build for that or even just want to get you know take advantage of some of the smaller pieces to improve their conversions um, right to the bigger companies that are, are ready and able to do the full-blown customization and, and those types of pieces. Yeah, you can definitely see uh, the, on it, the big company level, you can see how this would, uh, you know, a media bump. I'm trying to think on a small, uh, yeah. kind of what would be an example of a very small implementation that if you're, you know, the average retailer, um, you know, running a relatively small business, what are some things they could take advantage of, like right now sort of thing? Well, I'll tell you, actually, there's one implementation I didn't talk about um, that I think is almost absolutely critical. Um, there's a company called Addressy, um, and I think that they are one of the most... Okay, they're in a space that's most overlooked, um, and it's the checkout process. Uh, I think the checkout process is absolutely critical to most e-commerce stores, no matter how big or small. That process has to be as fast and fluid and, and friction-free as possible. Uh, um, I see. I'm, and, I'm looking this up as you're saying this, by the way, so I see where you're going with this. Yeah, and so what they do is they they will pre-populate your fields. Uh, they do address verification. So on the on the e-commerce uh, store owner side of things, they're making sure that the, the addresses are valid and correct. Yep. So you don't put in an incorrect address, send out the product, it comes back. Now your customer's mad because they didn't get it, and you're upset because you've just spent all this money on shipping. Um, but the nicest thing I can think of about what they do is they really they expedite that whole process and make it friction-free so you're not sitting there having to fill in 50 fields, you start to fill in one field and all the rest get populated for your address. I, and funny, I've, I've been on the side, so if you go to, I'll uh, link to this in the show notes, and I've seen this as a user and never knew what they were using. Um, but I've also, you know, so I do e-commerce automation, I see orders come in, and sometimes the addresses yeah. that come in are completely, like, times the, the street name is in the wrong field. Like, stuff that's easily recognizable, um, but makes it that the package is unshippable. And then what happens is the retailer gets that. We even might it might even get sent to a distributor, for example. And the distributor says, you know, they might even try to send it. And something <laughs> you have to, you, you, it might not be caught until it gets to like UPS. And then they come back and yeah. say, this isn't even an address, guys. And then you have to go all the way back. Each person, the u, the retailer has to go back to the user, try to call them on the phone and say, hey, you know, what's your ad- what really is the address? So they need to try to figure it out. And if they can't, then what do they do with that order? Um, and then you have, you know, an upset buyer, right? Because they put their address in, and now two days later you found out, oh, there's actually, this isn't a real address. We need to go back and talk. So they're expecting their package, and they haven't even heard from you for two days, and you find out there was a misspelling or whatever it was. 
Yeah. So, so I'm going to actually circle back to that and just go into my world of futuristic thinking and okay. go, well, <laughs> okay, so now now you don't have that address verification on there. Now it's taken a, a day or so even yep. just to find out that the address is wrong. You're now calling your customer who yep. didn't want you to call them. They just wanted to have a nice, quick, smooth process of, of checking out. Um, and now you're telling them, oh, I need your address again. So then they tell you... Ah, forget it. Just cancel the order. I don't want it anymore. Yep. Uh, that's worst case. But anyway, I mean, worst case would have been you sent it to the wrong address, got it back, and then called them. And then had to send anyway, it a second time. Yeah. And then, and now you find out on your, you know, your sentiment, yes. uh, social <laughs> sentiment there that that there's a lot of anger and hatred and frustration about your brand. Yep. And you find out that's because there were, you know, a hundred orders that day or a hundred orders that month, whatever. Um, and that's all generated. And now you're finding this out because you don't have something as simple as as, a, as an address verification solution. Um, so I think that is one of the easiest. And to be honest, the price points for that solution specifically are absolutely amazing. Yep. Uh, I mean, they even have a free option for the smallest stores out there. Yeah. And it's so a- I always, I always basically, it's kind of like a prerequisite of any company that uh, any company that we work with when we build their store from scratch, um, I always put that integration into it because I think it's, uh, and we have used other solutions other than Addressy, so I'm not saying that they're the only ones. They're just the name that comes to mind, and I've talked yep. to them, and I, I do like that group. Um, I get nothing for saying that, just so everybody is aware. <laughs> um, there's no affiliate link. Think there's none. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it, uh, uh, it's, it, it's surprising how many people don't use stuff like this, to be honest, because I've been on the other side where, yeah. I, you know, being on the automation side, we get to see a lot of orders come through with bad addresses, and just how often that happens um and you would think if there's stuff like this that easy to implement more people be using it but not as many that should honestly it um it definitely would make things easier for a lot of folks yeah well the funny thing is is it's all about when people think about e-commerce and their sites and stuff the first thing they think about is making it getting people to click on on the product page and getting them to that buying stage yep and i understand that i totally get that but the last thing you think about is almost the first thing you should be thinking about. It's, I've said this before on my show. It's like you go to, you stand in a line, or sorry, it's like you go to a Walmart or something, you go and you grab a bunch of products, and now you're, or a couple of things, even just two items, and now you're stuck in a long line. Yeah. Well, now, and there's people with all, you know, even those express lanes don't speed things up necessarily. And so, it's just the same. You, now you hit a bottleneck at the most critical point uh, there is, yeah. and so I mean that's why I think that that is one of the best one of the best solutions out there, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, Do you have any good uh, any good platform other good recommendations like this? Because this is a uh, definitely a good one. Anything else people could implement that you'd I think recommend? That's a really good one. Um, I do think Full Story that I mentioned before is a good one too. Yep. I believe their price point is good. Um, there's also one. It's called Image IX. I think it is. I, um, I'm going to have to double. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Um, just give me half a second, and mm-hmm. I'll check that one. And what do they do? They, what they do is they they help you manage your your image sizes. Oh, okay. Um, because one of the biggest problems, yeah, it's image. Oh, it might not be the. 
we'll make sure I get you the right okay. the right one. But what? Yeah, it is. It's Image IX. What they do is they they do page loads basically. So if you've got a if you have one large image for your product page, um, and that same image serves up on on every page, or you're on a mobile device, and now that same big image is loading up as would on a desktop, or you know those types of things, yep. it can bog down your site. It can do it can slow your site speeds down, which something else that I really suggest people make sure that they focus on is having their sites load fast. Um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I do know that the average e-commerce site page loads twice as fast as most people are willing to wait, or twice, twice as, as slow as most people slow. are willing to wait. Yep. Yeah. So if it's like a three seconds, they're willing to wait for the page to load. They're taking seven or eight on the average e-commerce page. Um, and that's a large part to do with images a lot of the time. Yep. which is why I, I do talk about ImageIX. Uh, that's another solution to look at. Yeah, that's a good one. And also that image load is kind of, you get. Yeah. I know you get dinged by Google if you uh, don't do a good job there. And plus just yeah, the, the so user experience, you know, in total suffers. Exactly. And that's really what it all comes down to, like I said, the beginning is that user experience. Yep. Um, so if you have a site that's running slow in any way, not only do you get dinged by Google and all your SEO efforts kind of go out the window the second you either load a big image file that slows down your site and makes it chunky and slow, yep. but you also, and aside from images, there's all kinds of, you know, if you have too many JavaScripts running or, or anything, there's a lot of different pieces at play. When you use templates, for example, you have... I've seen templates where there's 50-plus CSS files, and yep. something like that um, you may not notice as a as a customer, but Google does. So well, and the other thing is a, if you're the owner of the site, um, most likely you've gone to your site before, and there's all our uh, cache in your browser, but if it's the first time you're hitting mm-hmm. that site, it's going to have to go hit all 50 of them, load all 50 individually. Yep. So that very first, um, that, like, very first experience with your site is going to be a really poor one. And then your browser will cache it. But, you know, a lot of people make that decision. They hit the product page, and they go yeah. into Google. They're searching for something very specific. So they're not coming through your home page and waiting for it to all load and cache. They go into a product page looking real quick. And if they don't like it or if it doesn't load, they're going to hit the back browser, and they're gone. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right, and that's the problem. So you have to make sure your page loads, your page speeds are, are very, very good. Um, and one of the, and that's one of the things that, again, when you're you're inside the bottle looking out, you can't see the label. I mean, you're you're dealing with a cached pages and cached site ninety percent of the time yeah. when it's something you work with every day. So you don't sit there and you don't notice the site speeds. But like you said, the first time visitor or a visitor who comes back after being there a week later or however your caching is set up, uh, it's just it slows it down and it, it impacts that customer experience. Well, and this whole thing um, about images too is another good point because I've uh, I'm spoiled with you know we have a high speed connection here and I'm in Boston we have yeah. LTE everywhere so my mobile's fast but I was just traveling this week and there were points when I was in the airport on a on a three G connection and you forget how slow that really is. So if you're trying to load a you know even a one meg image on that, it's pretty much on like you have to just back out of the browser. There's nothing else you can do on three G. It um so you kind of forget if you're not in a place with LTE everywhere and um, you know super fast wireless speeds. 
then things like images matter 10x more. And a lot of your customers aren't sitting you know, in a place with these super high-speed connections. So you might be getting people from yeah. a rural, rural area. Um, so it, it's not something that you immediately think about if you're no. on a fast connection or have been to the page before. And it's easy to forget. Yeah. Well, and I'll take that one step further for you, and then and then uh, I think that kind of comes all full circle. Actually, is mobile. I mean, you have you don't have one screen anymore, yep. and I mean everybody talked about mobile, and they still do. But um, when you're on a mobile experience, for example, you said LTE, and then all of a sudden you're on 3G, right? So if you're traveling and you're looking and surfing a store, and everything's working just fine you get to your checkout process and let's say you have those those that type of technologies for vet verification and then pre-populating the fields and that sort of thing and everything's great and you're just about to check out and then you hit a 3g connection and everything slows down and yep. okay you stop and now you're an abandoned cart but you did want that purchase that's one other solution i would mention uh, it's some sort of a abandoned cart solution, and yeah. I know that Recapture, I think it's Recapture.io, yeah. um, they've got a fairly good solution for that as well. I talked to uh, um, Dave last week actually about so, that. So, yeah, 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 and I know I know you know Dave well, so um, so that's another solution that I think is is a very good one as well. That I wanted to mention. I had just forgotten about that because. Again, there's so many different good ones out there, but those just are people, the ones that I would focus on. And just for people who don't know, um, real quick, or maybe didn't listen to the last episode, uh, don't know what we're talking about, what exactly is recapture, um, just on a basic level? Oh, you're asking me. Sorry, I wasn't sure there. Um, <laughs> recapture, what it does is it does... Uh, uh, yeah, very good point. <laughs> uh, what I, it I hope does, they listened to the last does, episode, but let's say they didn't. This is their first episode. Um <laughs> Fair enough, man. No, so what recapture does is it's um, it's essentially going to reach back out to those abandoned carts. It's uh, recapturing those abandoned carts um, and that sort of thing. So if you've got, you know, you've you've got somebody who's in your abandoned cart, it starts sending them a hey, we noticed your cart's been left, and it, it sets it all up based on. Uh, however you set your settings and that sort of thing, but it, it's a way to re-engage with your existing customer that decided to walk away from your store because the lineup was too long yep. for, uh, uh, you know, just to kind of take it to retail. But uh, that sort of thing, you know, somebody's left your cart, they've left their cart with stuff in it, how do you re-engage them and get, and get some of that going? Uh, it's recapture some of those potential lost revenues. Yeah, I was um, talking. And I forget the number, but I think it was like thirty-five percent. Yeah, the numbers are staggering. Thirty-five percent or something increase in sales revenues just because they went back to those people who walked away from the sale for one reason or another, and it could be something as simple as what we just said. You went from a LTE to a three G connection; everything got slow. Uh, it could be anything. And I mean, the thing about that thirty percent is that's money that just appears. Um, you've already done kind of the marketing, yep. the advertising, the SEO, whatever. Um, whatever you're doing to get people to the site. Uh, so you've already spent yeah. the money and invested it that way, and then all of a sudden you get that much more profitable just by like a simple tool like this that can reach back out to them. And that's kind of mind-blowing blow- mind on how well it works and how much more efficient it can make your original investment just just by yeah. installing something like this. Exactly. No, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, that's where we spend our time. Yep. I mean, it's really in... 
you know, obviously there's certain solutions we talked about today that I really uh, emphasize for most people um, and in that case. But, I mean, there's also solutions customizable like we talked about as well. And, and that's where, I mean, that's where my company works in that space of let's get, you know, either build you a site from scratch and we'll build these pieces into it as we go or, or whatever this process might be based on your budget because, Sometimes I might just tell you start a Shopify store. Call me back in a few months once you've you've implemented some basic pieces there to get your sales up, yeah. uh, and then we'll work on the next phase. I mean, it all depends on what what your site stage is and growth and what your plans are. But really, I mean, it's all to me. It's all about business and growing your business the right way, um, and and not overspending when you don't have to. Yep. Uh, because a lot of companies will go out and drop a bunch of money on on a on a solution that they may not have needed to do quite yet, or custom build something that they could have used the SaaS solution for that would have saved them a lot of time. They could have built their revenue base up first. So, I yeah, mean, I, see, I see stuff like that a lot, and it's um, if it's your first time approaching a, pro- a project a project like this, um, what a lot of folks kind of picture it as is you're going um. You know, you're going to custom build something, you're going to a contractor, and they're going to build you a new kitchen. And the contractor build it, builds it, they're there for four weeks, they leave, um, and then you go back to your kitchen and you enjoy that for the next, you know, however many years. But the way it kind of works with software or SaaS or that sort of thing is you're, the contractors are never going to leave. Like, they're not going to go back home, they're going to stay there. So it's more of an evolution where you're going to have someone come in to help you, and then maybe a few months later, they're going to come back and add some more on and then maybe six months later you're going to do some more enhancements and it's going to be this process of evolution and not just this one time we're going to do it roll it out it's going to be perfect and we're done it's going to be a process that happens over time and it's going to be continuously evolving for the life of the business and that's just exactly yeah you know. uh, that's so well said charles and the thing about that too is and that just kind of plays right into exactly what way i do business um I plan on my customers being customers for life, and so I, re- I mean, that's just my plan. Uh, and so, in order to do that, what do I have to do? I have to deliver uh, exponentially better service. Like I have to know what I'm doing, and I have to do it do it well, and I have to basically have to make you happy every interaction that we do, and we have to do it in the right way. Uh, because I want you to, I want your company to be around for a while, and, and and I take that same approach to the companies that I work with, so that you know we're thinking about their customer. Yeah. Right. So it's it's kind of an interesting take on it. I mean, I I'm looking at your customer as we're doing our work, right? I'm in in, in order that so I'm looking beyond you as my client to what is your client <laughs> going to make your client happy kind of thing. But yeah, anyway, that's, a, that's gets, the thing, right? You want to keep them happy. There. Yeah. I mean, you want to be the, the kitchen contractor, but if, if you don't go home and you're going to stay there and help them, then you want to really be there and um, make it a process where, you know, the, the people you, that are working with you are going to stick around and it's going to be this back is this collaborative effort for a long time. So I definitely like that approach to business. So that might be a good place to end it. Um, if people want to reach yep. out to you, where can they contact you? Well, there's two ways that are the easiest. Um, one is just going to my website, nadimo.com. It's N-A-D-I-M-O.com. 
uh, and there's a little link right there to chat with me. Um, if I'm available, the chat will be available and turned on. If not, you can just click that and send me a message via, and it'll go to my email, and I'll get back to you right away. Um, other option is you can reach out to me on Twitter, and that's B Moskwa. That's B uh, M as in Mary, O as in Oscar, Sam, K W A. So uh, B M O S K W A on awesome. Twitter, um, and that's those are the two best ways to reach me. Okay. Um, and my phone number is right on the website as well, and everything. Oh, wow. So I mean, by all means, real, can, people, people can really call I'm you. Real life. Yeah. Defined. Oh yeah. No, that's. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's. I mean, if, if I find that's one of the problems in e-commerce too, is they don't put a customer service phone number on there. Yeah, uh, I know it's, it's shocking when people don't do that. Um, so, yeah. nice. All right, I'll definitely. I'll link to both those. I'll link to everything we said actually in the show notes, so if people want to find that. Um, awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have those. So, thank you for coming on the show today. I definitely appreciate it. No, thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. All right. Bye bye.